Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, May 21st, and I'm Blair Perkoff. Soccer with beat writer Sean Goodwin is on tap for today, and there is plenty to discuss. We break down Sporting Kansas City's impressive 3-0 victory over Vancouver earlier this week, and although Alan Polito scored two goals in that game, Sean's choice for the game's top player was someone else. We'll tell you who. We look ahead to Sporting's game Saturday at San Jose and to the KC NWSL's next contest on Sunday at Houston. Woso and Houston met in the Challenge Cup with Houston collecting a 3-1 victory. Also, we'll hear about Woso's Jordan Listro and her fascinating path that brought her to Kansas City. So let's get started talking soccer with Sean Goodwin. Sean Goodwin is with us. Uh, we are without Allie Trost this week. Uh, had a scheduling conflict. Gonna miss Allie. I always miss Allie whenever we don't have her. So I guess this is the first time since we became a, a regular thing as well. So yeah, I'm missing Allie Trost. We won't make a habit of it. Hopefully uh, we'll get Allie back on next week. Hey, uh, a clean sheet for uh, Kansas City soccer teams this past week. Three to nothing, the Sporting Kansas City defeats the Vancouver Whitecaps. KCNWSL comes up with a scoreless tie in their regular season debut. They played at Louisville. So let's start with sporting. Mm -hmm. Kind of a fascinating game as far as I'm concerned. First of all, I need you to explain to me what Vancouver's strategy in this game was besides allowing sporting to just score goals. They packed it in. Is this, this must be a, a team that just is built around the counterattack. Yeah, I mean, just about clean sheets. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the first clean sheets of the season for both teams. I'm used to talking about teams for goals for other teams, so this was a really nice weekend. But <laughs> right, right. yeah, Van- Vancouver. I just feel like it, it's. I mean, it's always kind of been Vancouver's memo to be honest. Ever since they joined the league since 2012, you know, it, it's gonna be frustrating for their fans as well, just because you want to see some improvements over that. You know, I guess it's a nine year span at this point, and uh, they just haven't really. Improved, but yeah, when, when you look at a roster, you've got good players, but it all, especially against more possession based teams like Sporting KC, it just tends to be a, a counter attacking style of play with the end goal getting the ball to Lucas Cavallini, who is a great player. You know, came from Puebla, out in Liga Mekki, and he's done well since arriving in MLS. But at the same time, when you have a player who's that potent going forward and a team, a team that can't supply him the ball on a regular basis, it's frustrating to watch even for, for fans or other teams or journalists who, you know, they're just watching the sports or whatever. So, yeah, Vancouver couldn't possess it. Sports in KC basically pushed the ball up and the centre-backs, you know, they, they were sitting at the halfway line. You know, you had Ilya and Fongsas at the back. They barely had anything to worry about. I think Vancouver had one or two shots on goal the whole game. And one of those moments, you know, I know we're going to talk about contesting a little bit. Uh, we have to talk about Ilya at the back as well, just because, you know, he's stepped in with injuries, but a big part of it as well, as Peter Vermesa said, he likes a ball-playing centre-back back there. You know, someone who can pass the ball, play it with the feet, isn't uncomfortable in those positions. Because when you're playing a possession-style game, and, you know, you're expecting to pass the ball around the back and keep the ball away from Vancouver. He was perfect for the job and he did well. So dominant performance for KC. I think they finished with about 66% possession. Obviously, 3-0. The result was never in doubt. After the Nil-Nil Louisville game, and then before that, I had the Liverpool-West Brom game with Allison's header in 95th minute. I need, I need like a 3-0 game. Let me just stop you there. Uh, you've watched a lot more soccer than I have. I was amazed by that goal. 
you just don't see that. That, that was oh, incredible. No. And, and not just the fact that the keeper came, you know, came up and did what he did, but the importance of the game as well. I mean, this was, yeah. it was, it was sensational. Yeah. Um, we're, we're going to return to my, our weekends or our weekly segments of stacks of Sean uh, or fun facts of Sean. But yeah, with Alison, that was um, two facts. So in all of Liverpool's history, uh, since 1892, he was the first goalkeeper to ever score a competitive goal for Liverpool. So that's rare for a start. Yeah. And then in the Premier League era, which is uh, since 1989-1990, when they switched from the first division, he's the first goalkeeper to ever score a header. Down here, some goalkeepers gave had you know, massive punks, the wings has carried it, it's bounced. And it's maybe a little bit lucky, uh, but he's the first goalkeeper to ever score a header in a Premier League game. <laughs> so I, I go to the Dublin and down the power and like the games, and I'm there for every single game. So I, I was down there for 17 minutes, but I had to leave from the Sports in KC game right afterwards. And I was like, ah, oh, we're tying 1 1, you know, we're wasting chances. I was just dejected. And I was just driving up to Children's Mercy Park and listening to the radio. So I'm still listening. And, you know, it's 95th minute, and I hear a good commentator say, ah, oh, Arsene's heading up for the or going up for the corner. <laughs> what if that happens, right? So if he scores, and five seconds later, I almost crushed my car just celebrating. Like, it was insane. I wish I saw it in person, but I immediately FaceTimed um, a couple of guys. I watched the Liverpool games with a Dubliner. Uh, so they showed me the replay right away, and I was just screaming in my car. It was I, I was in shock. I was not mentally prepared to cover another soccer game, so... Thank God to Sports and KC for giving me a 3 0 win because it was easy for me. I appreciated it. Yeah, 3 0 win that could have been four or five, uh, yeah. the way, the way yeah. they dominated the game. So that's a great story. I, I again, that was, I, I find myself doing the same thing. I, I was following Twitter, and of course, everybody was, Twitter was blowing up. And, I, and five minutes later, I saw a replay of the goal, and it was beautiful. I mean, he's, he, yeah. If you didn't know he was a keeper, you'd think he, he was forward. The way he forward. That's the thing. He, he just walked straight to the box and got a single West Brom player marked him. So he, he just, I think he just kind of looked around. I was like, well, if it's coming to me, I'm going to win it. He's, he's a tall fella anyway. Big lad's got his head up there, putting the corner. And it was great for him as well. I don't know if you saw his uh, post-game press conference too. His dad back in Brazil died in a, uh, a car accident early this year. Completely unexpected. Uh, so it's, it's been a rough year for him as well. So uh, I think a goal meant a lot for him. And, you know, he points it to the sky after his goal and stuff. So yeah, it was a very heartfelt interview after the game as well. Yeah. Okay, so you cover the the 3 nothing victory and Alan Polito scores a couple of goals. But just reading your story, it seemed like you thought that Daniel Shallowy was the player of the match. Yes, yeah. People in a full 90 uh, right off the bat, so. I think he he's going a couple of times this season, but there's been times throughout this season where you know he's been pulled off in the 65th, 70th minutes. But I think it, it was big for two reasons. So shallowly, one, you know, I think it's well documented his 2018 season. You know, he got good club goals and boosts. And 2019, 20, he gets one goal between his two seasons. That's all well documented. Then yeah, you know, we've talked about on this podcast the last couple of weeks. He comes out flying the start of the 2021 season, goal and assist. And then he kind of goes quiet for, I think it was about three games at that point, games three, four, five. He was playing, he was getting good positions. And I mean, hell, he could be the top goal scorer in the league right now if he was taking some of those chances he was getting. He wasn't. And then finally start going, ah, was it just a flash in a pan? You know, is this the Daniel Shallowy that we got used to? 
Uh, and then, yeah, he comes out in that game against Vancouver. 17th minute, ball comes across. Had a great, great chance to go back post. Great technique, but his volley puts it slightly wide. And again, it's people like, oh, here we go again. It's Daniel Shallowy. And then a minute later, he has a great one to please out, puts the ball in the back of the guess. Open scoring one nil, and then just five minutes later, again, he's fighting in the box. Great touch, great strength, wins a penalty, which then please out, puts away. And he's just, again, he's just, he's getting great positions. There's great link up play. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, he was, he was essentially responsible for making a 2 0 within the first half hour or so. And then, you know, please out, has his great goal in the second half. Especially through the second half, you know, Sporting was certainly pushing, but give up 2 0 and freeing a lot at that point. So, you know, it's not like you were going, for lack of a better term, balls to the wall. But Daniel kept playing well, you know, he put in a shift, he plays a full 19 minutes, and yeah, what he did in the game, especially got span in the first half, uh, despite Pleaser scoring two goals, and his second goal, Pleaser's, was a beautiful goal. Yes. I mean, one was because of a penalty, shallow, he won. And then, of course, Charlie opened the score in two. So, great game for him. Uh, I think he eases it. And, you know, just speaking to him and Peter after the game as well, just, you know, Peter was saying to him and Daniel was saying himself, like, you know, just, you put those misses behind you, it can be difficult sometimes as any player. But just look, there's always going to be a next chance. So, just take the next one. And that's what he did. So, uh, good luck, guys. Yeah, I like a, I like the prospect of a confident Daniel Shallowy going yeah. forward here. Um, yeah. Okay, hey, before we leave sporting, uh, there's a report in the Sun of London. Take it for what it's worth. It's a tabloid paper that deals in rumors. And uh, yeah. they, have, they have Johnny Russell maybe um, being the target of, of a transfer by, uh, I think, three clubs. They listed three clubs for him. Uh, possibility. Yeah. I've, I've heard Johnny Russell say that he wants to, wants to finish his career in Kansas City. I'll, I'll mm. take it with a grain of, grain of salt, but it always, you know, it's always interesting to hear rumors. What'd you make of that? Yeah, there's a few sides to it. Um, I mean, the paper involved is, uh, again, I, I, I don't want to, I won't usually disparage other journalism institution, but it's a rag and I, I won't get into that too much, but it's a lot of the Hillsborough's asset back with Liverpool in the 1989 and what that newspaper did like ever since it's just six it's dealt in trashy rumors and stories and in regards to Johnny Russell, I guess if we want to talk about that rumor itself, yeah, the three teams I mentioned was Fulham, Sheffield United, and Newcastle. Uh, those are the three I saw. At the end of the day, Fulham and Sheffield United gave been relegated to the championship. Johnny Russell left Derby in the championship. And now he's come to sports and he spends a couple of years here. He's become a key player and obviously he's the captain. If he goes back to any of those teams, you can argue it's either a sidestep back to where he was, or, I mean, heck, you could call it a slight downgrade in the fact that, you know, he's now captain of the team. The only allure would be obviously Newcastle's in the Premier League. Books, you know, he's he's a 31-year-old winger going into the Premier League for his first time in his career. Newcastle's got a great plethora for forwards. Anyway, Callum Wilson, yeah, Alan St. Maximum, a few other guys, it's just... He was essentially struggles to crack that team. He'd be a, a bench player at the best, which, I mean, nothing against Johnny, it's just the quality of Premier League. And you know, the other thing is, at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's Scottish. He's from the Glasgow region. It would move him a lot closer to home. But, you know, as you said, Blair, you know, he said he wants to finish his career here, which you always take that stuff for agreeing a song for some players. But, you know, he, he's just been made captain of the team. 
he's a matching at Sporting don't want to let go of some of his importance and his value in the locker room I'm on the field that easily and yes he's in the last year of his contract which is kind of what's kind of making his rumours spark up a little bit right but especially for someone of, someone of Russell's talent when he's got six months left on his contract he can start talking to a team so you imagine Sporting wants to either tie things up before then or at least behind the scenes be like okay we'll get something done after the season ends with, with everything involved, the, uh, the quote-unquote newspaper involved, I, I'm taking it with a, a very, very fine grain of salt. Okay, sounds good. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Woso came up with a scoreless tie at uh, at Louisville. The um, the w, NWSL team uh, plays again on Sunday at the Houston Dash, a team that beat them 3-1 to one in the Challenge Cup last month. Hey, really enjoyed your feature on on Jordan Listro. What an interesting path she has uh-huh. taken to to Kansas City. She seems pretty happy. Tell us about her path here to KC. Yeah, I just kind of stumbled upon this story, I guess, in my research. When she first signed with the club in late March, I stumbled across the fact that she took a pretty large gap from playing soccer. And she was a medical sales rep in her hometown of Toronto. Nothing to do with soccer. She's Canadian from Toronto. She's of South Florida. That's the connection that got her back yeah. to the U.S. with Orlando. Yes. Now, she had a coach who acts South Florida, who was Spanish, you know, had a UEFA pro license. And basically, she went undrafted in the NWSL draft in 2017. Uh, so, ends up going out to play for Tenerife. Out in the, uh, the Spanish first division, the women's first division. She played five games there, but just she liked the soccer. But it was practice was from eight till ten p.m. She, you know, she didn't really speak much Spanish. She was lonely. You know, she she had to while away her days walking around Tenerife. And she said to me, "You can only go to the beach so many times." And she just, yeah, she just got really lonely. So after six months, she has a clause in her contract where she could leave if she she hasn't settled in. So. She left ahead of Christmas, came back home, and she went to college. Um, I think I believe it was with a business degree or in some sorts, and became a a medical sales rep for a company called Striker up in uh, Toronto. And I think I, I think a US based actually. They sell medical equipment to like surgeons and whatnot to help with athletes recovering from injuries and surgeries and whatnot. So she did that for almost two years, and then yeah, she. Uh, Went back down to Florida uh, just from a visit, got in touch with the Orlando Pride's coach, Mark Skinner. Tried out and she got back on the team. She played three games in a full series and then signed a one-year deal with Orlando before being traded to Kansas City. And here she is now. She's played in several games. She played in, I think it's about 67 minutes of, or 57 of uh, Kansas City's nil-nil draw of Louisville. She played in games of the Challenge Cup, so... Yeah, a hell of a journey for her to essentially take what was with COVID and all that, an almost three-year break from actually playing. You know, she was in the job for two years. She trialed out and got on the Orlando team in the preseason of 2020. And then COVID kind of shuts things down for another nine months or so. So, yeah, quite a good journey for her. Yeah. All right, we need to get uh, NWSL a goal this weekend. Uh, get them, Get them on the board. And so they're at Houston on Sunday, Sporting Kansas City at the San Jose Earthquakes, Saturday night, 9 o'clock. And we're going to take a break here. When we come back, you will hear from Sporting Kansas City keeper, Tim Milia, who met with the media on Thursday. Sean, great talking with you. We'll do it again soon. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Our first question, we're going to Thad Bell with SB Nation. Thad, your line is open. Hey, good afternoon, Tim. We've got San Jose this weekend. Uh, what do you expect from them, and how do you account for you know a guy like Wando who just keeps popping up, scoring goals everywhere out of nowhere? It seems him. Yeah, he's on. He's timeless at the moment, and he and he's just so good at what he does. He just finds little pockets. He finds space on the back stick, and he always seems to to score the most important goals for that club. And it's impressive, and and I love to see him out there every year because he's so talented and he's so good at what he does. But uh, what we expect from them is is a is a high energy game, right? They play the ball fast uh, from back all the way up top. Uh, they're athletic and they just go. You know, they try to be more of a man-to-man setup all over the field, and they're going to put pressure on us all over the place. So we just got to make sure that we do a lot of what we did against Vancouver, where we're smart on the ball and we're moving the ball very quickly and almost playing those simple passes to disrupt them a little bit. Question goes to Sean Goodwin with the Kansas City Star. Sean, your line is open. Thanks, Tim. Uh, talking about timeless. Look at yourself, Mace. You're. Uh... A little bit timeless yourself. I'm not <laughs> um, as old as Wando. <laughs> not quite, not yet. I just um, turned 30. Well, you know, I mean, just talking about that, though, um, you know, just continuity in the goalkeeper position over time, you know, it, it's probably the most important position, I'd say, on the field when you want continuity over a season, over several seasons. Just from your viewpoint of a goalkeeper, how important is that to have someone in that leading a team from the back for that long of a period of time? Yeah, I mean, goalkeeper position as a whole, when you step back and look at it, is more about consistency, I would say. And I think that's one of the most important characteristics of a goalkeeper. I think every goalkeeper in this league is capable of making saves, capable of coming from crosses. But can they be consistent day in and day out and, and save a majority of the shots they're supposed to? I think that that's something that I strive for. Um, game in and game out, and something I'm still working towards. And I, I do think that the the consistency of the goalkeeper in a team is, is an anchor back there and needs to to provide that confidence for the other players. Our next question goes to Greg Eklund with NPR affiliate KCUR. Greg, your line is open. Hello, Tim. Good to see you back in action. Um, 
just wanted to ask you, uh, and, and kind of uh, as a follow-up to the answer that you just gave uh, on the importance of uh, the goalkeeper as an anchor, uh, since you were sidelined, what was your view, uh, both um, of your backup and of the backline, uh, as, since, since there were a lot of questions about the backline going into this season, can you give us your assessment to what you saw prior to your return to action against Vancouver? Uh, first, I thought John was phenomenal. I, I think what people are forgetting is John is only was 19, actually, when he played his first game. Now he's 20. But uh, to show that maturity, to make some of the saves he made, his decision-making process was really good. I thought he, he was just exceptional, and there's only bigger and better things for him to come. Um, our back line, um, I, I, we've had a lot of rotation. Um, I don't think we've gelled. As a, as a complete group yet, just because of that. You know, we've had injuries, we've had um, games in short periods of time. So I think what you're seeing is, is a lot of depth and a lot of people being capable to play in a lot of different positions. And I think we're just working towards our goal. We're a team that wants to be a very, very good defensive team first. And we just need to build towards that game after game and game. Next question goes to Sean Gooden with the Kansas City Star. Sean, your line is open. Uh, Tim, are you looking forward to the challenge of San Jose? You know, obviously you're out for a while, you come back, and Vancouver was, uh, for, for lack of a better term, not really on the front foot too much. You weren't challenged too much. So are you looking forward to that competition against San Jose to maybe be challenged a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, every time we play San Jose, it's always a, a back-and-forth game with a lot of opportunities, and there's been times where there's been ball-outs for both direct, going both directions. So... It's a team that is going to get on top of you if you give them space and time, and they're capable of burying goals. So it's going to be a challenging game for us. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking Sporting Kansas City and KC NWSL. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus other stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, the soccer teams, and much more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.